What's up, humans? Welcome back to the Human Music Podcast. I'm Luke Rain, and this is episode 93, Agent M on Beat Battles and Collaboration. This week, our guest is Agent M, a producer from Seattle who's now located in Atlanta. He came up through the beat battle scene in Seattle and beyond with Eye Standard, Death by Stereo, Beat Match, and more. Now he has moved on to collaboration with other producers and artists such as Osby Chill, Marl, Ilana, Latney, and a collab beat tape with Black It and Me as Agent Black. The song of the week is Agent M Marinating, a super chill beat you hear behind me. You can go get the links to that down below. Uh, we also included a link to his whole project, Agent Black Classified with Blackett and Me on Bandcamp. And those are some crazy sick beat battle beats with some, some amazing sample flips that you will definitely recognize. I highly recommend going and check that out. I just bumped the whole thing front to back after recording this podcast. It's amazing. Uh, support our sponsors that's dojo tv where you can get free producer live stream classes from the producer dojo senseis yummy strums where you can get high quality guitar samples loops one shots and more from our very own tesco weekly download where you can learn from our mentor ill gates and his private weekly group lessons and get access to over 250 more episodes in the archive for just 20 bucks a month and guest practices where you can learn from Seth Drake at the Approach Institute. He's the best engineer we know, and your first class is free. You can find way more about us, our socials, free sound packs, etc. at thehumanmusicpodcast.com. But let's get on into this episode Agent M. Hello, people of Earth. This is Tesco with Rip Kenny and Trap Jesus, and you're listening to the uh, Human Music Podcast. Woo! Human Music Podcast. I like it. What's up, humans? Welcome back. It's the Human Music Podcast. Cast, 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 cast. Delay, 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 delay. And today, 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 we have a very, very, very special, special, special guest, guest, guest. My man, the one, the only, the legend himself, in my eyes, Agent M. Woo! Hey, 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 I need this in my life more. I need some cheers like that. Wow. That's, that's motivational right there. Shit, just give me a call, man. We'll just, uh, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just hype you up for like 15 minutes and just rock out. Hey, man. All right. Hey, that's, I'm, I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah, amen, man. Uh, so the way we generally start these, uh, these guest interview episodes is I say, Agent M, what is your superhero origin story? Oof. Uh, well, let's see. Um, I mean, I've been making music for a long time, um, probably since 2007 or so. Um, yeah, um, I actually started on Ableton. Um, my, uh, my mom got me, uh, or actually, that's not true. I started kind of doing, I guess, maybe the equivalent of like remixes on, um, GarageBand. Hey. Uh, I think yeah, like it, something inspired me. Like I had a, a couple like the reanimation CD with uh, Jay-Z and Linkin Park and, and then like the Verve and stuff like that. So I was just thought it was cool uh, mixing different genres. So I, there was like, they had random stock beat breaks or something on there. And uh, I would just toss on and try to mix different songs and come up with cool ideas. Um, and then eventually I got Ableton live um, once my mom saw I was kind of into that. Um, and then, yeah, I just started, started from that quickly hopped over to reason. I can't remember who it was, um, recommended I try it. 
Um, and I just liked how it, uh, you know, just how to navigate the program and stuff a little bit more. But um, so, yeah, I've been making beats on that. Probably, I'd say, I don't know, maybe a couple of years into it. Reason, um, dang. Yeah, man. Reason, you know, and then reasons come a long way, too. So it's kind of cool to grow, <laughs> to grow with the program that, you know, looking back at uh, wasn't that great. But yeah, just still waiting um, on that VST3 update. Come on, guys. Exactly. I got plugins that's, I'm trying to buy. So sad. So <laughs> sad. Very unreasonable. They've had a, you know, they, they've developed some good, some good stuff because of the limit, you know, the limited access to everything. But, um, but I think the real, like, I guess, origin of me, taking this more seriously than, you know, making some music and not really knowing what, what, what was going to happen with it um, was probably around 2016. I just like had a lot of life changes. Um, I got out of a long relationship, had, uh, you know, quit a job I'd been at for, you know, five, six years. I um, just wasn't really happy. I was doing sales um, and just didn't was, you know, I was making music, but wasn't really having much energy when I'd get home to do it. Um, and then um, I actually entered an iStandard show, um, it, I can't remember where it was, but I got third place in it. Something that allowed me to do this. It's one of those uh, ones down to Studio Seven. Yeah, it was one. Of, yeah, I think it was the last one they did at Studio hey. Seven. Um, and I, so I, so I just scraped by, got in the top three. Still didn't really know what I was doing. You know, the I looking back now, I'd say that the, the beats I made were not very good, especially the mix. Um, but then, uh, yeah, actually, you know, qualified. They had a Beast of the Beats annual show that uh, was in L.A. Um, and, you know, where people come from all over the place and, you know, there's a lot of really good talent. Uh, and I went against a guy named Nabian. If you've heard of, he's like had crazy placements and he's an amazing producer. Uh, yeah, and Google it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a, a beat battle experience that, you know, I, I was uh, not really prepared for at the time. Uh, it was pretty, pretty lopsided. Um, and I, I didn't take it very well, but the funny thing is it's actually where I met Trap because he saw, I, he came up and approached me. Um, and I'm, I'm glad he did because I just uh, wasn't, you know, I thought everything was about the beat battle, which, you know, I found out later that's not really the point of those uh, those competitions. Um, you know, it's fun, but it's more about linking with people. And luckily Trap afterwards came up to me, kind of saw I was, I was down just because, uh, you know, I don't know, I wasn't really being a, a social butterfly as I should, but Trap, you know, come with a big smile on his face. Yo, man, what's up? I'm from Seattle too. And then, uh, yeah, basically since then, we just became friends. And uh, I, he's kind of tuned me into a network of different people. Um, you know, through iStandard, I kind of learned uh, that, like I said, it's not just about, you know, winning a beat battle. It's about networking and stuff. But it also got me interested in beat battling and kind of did a lot of beat battles back in Seattle really kind of honed my my mixing skills um and that really uh elevated my production and then the next hurdle that i had to overcome was getting stuff ready for artists because once i was getting pretty good at beat battling and starting to win some and you know i thought my beats were sounding real cool um i would show those beats to artists and they would be very confused on where they fit in um so that was that was the nice a, a nice little uh, next level up thing and i felt like i've become pretty good with that too so i like kind of doing both but i think um, a lot of people that have, you know, of people that have heard of my name, it's usually from beat battle stuff, just because there was a couple beat battles and I standard that floated around. Um, and, and I just like doing, like I said, I think it's a fun thing to, uh, uh, it's like a competition or like the Olympics of, of, uh, of beat making, I guess for me, where it's, you know, it's competition. It's basically, you know, producers impressing other producers, but <laughs> it's very fun. <laughs> 
Yeah, shouts out to some of those uh, Seattle beat battles. There was Death by Stereo, that series that Feeds the Germ put on. Those were super fun. Yes. I was in a, I was in a couple few of those too. And uh, oh, yeah. and then you you got really deep in that beat match one. Yeah, and that was fun too. There because thinking back on all those, um, just the, the the lessons I learned from different ones because there was a lot of you know kind of hip hop trap influence in the Death by Stereo beat battles. But what's cool about the beat matches, there was more of electronic influence and it was more about like, you know, I, I still was able to get pretty far because I had some cool beats. But I think what didn't translate is that the people that ended up winning that um, the couple of years I watched and the one I participated in, they've had really um, not necessarily like smack you in your face kind of battle beats, but just stuff that like kind of moved the crowd and got people like the crowd really into it and was like kind of dancey a little bit. Uh, and I, I really, li- I really liked that aspect because it was just, it was a different, um, something that I wasn't really used to and, and, it, and it was something to add to the arsenal. So I started making some beats, that, you know, kind of tailored that way. And, you know, um, unfortunately I was hoping to do it again. I think that's right. You know, right around the, the year I was going to do another one is kind of when everything started to getting crazy with the panorama and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, but yeah, no, that, that beat match was that beat match was great, and also it was just the crowd too. That's a really big important part. Um, there were some good ones at Death by Stereo, but I think the biggest one I had been to at that point was was that beat match crowd because they they had a really a really dope community that um, really came in supported and kind of packed the house, which always makes it more fun. So for my for myself and probably a lot of people listening that haven't been to a beat battle or aren't familiar with the format, like can you explain kind of? what happens because it seems like it's a pretty big part of the connection between you two so if you could explain just kind of like generally how a beat battle works and also what you just mentioned made me think of like i also don't know what kind of beat would work like what what normally wins a beat battle like what yeah well just to to kind of give the answer first is it's preference and that's something that takes a while to learn in beat battles especially when there's people that are you know if you're having two people that are like sometimes it's very clear just a lot of times when it comes to the quality but if both producers have good quality beats it kind of depends on who's judging and like i said it depends on the format too like i knew that in death by stereo they really liked the kind of you know like i had a boom bap drums that you know you know kind of gave a hip-hop feel and people really vibed with that but, you know, in the beat match stuff, they kind of had, like I said, a little bit more. There's a lot of synths and a lot of um, transitions and more kind of th- like thematic um, type of beats. Um, and so it really comes down to preference, which is, you know, tough for some people to take. But um, but the, the, going back to the format of the beat battling, uh, it's usually just it, there's been a couple uh, tournaments that I've been a part of, which I really enjoy because, you know, you have different different competitors and you get to play more beats, which is always my goal from from all these things. I just like to play music and see what people's reactions are because it's a live live feedback. And of course, it's fun to win stuff. But, you know, my goal in these beat battles is just, just to play as much, you know, get as far as I can so I can play as many beats as I can. But um, they usually just you have either they'll pick a round, let's say me and Luke are, or me and Trap are battling and it's two beats each. And they'll usually have a panel. Um, sometimes they'll use the audience. I'm not a huge fan of that because it always comes down to who has more people there supporting them usually. Yeah. Um, but it's fun yeah, to have them involved, like maybe as like a fourth judge or something for a tiebreaker. But yeah. it's good to have it's good to have judges, in my opinion. Um, but uh, so then we'd each play a beat, um, and you know, like I said, sometimes it's just a one off. Sometimes it's best of three. Sometimes it's two beats. Um, but then after that, you usually get feedback from the judges, you know, which is again one of the most you know valuable 
valuable points. Um, I, I can speak for myself and I know the trap went through this well, but the, you learn a lot. Um, it, it make beat battles are, you know, you're on stage. So you in front of a lot of people and if the beats, not it, you kind of know it. And then you get to hear it again from the judges and it, it, it sucks, but it's also the quickest way to learn. Yeah. Like I said, when I, the, the place where I met, you know, where I met trap like that, I got completely, my, my, my morale was down. I wasn't like one talking with anybody. And like I said, luckily he came out and talked to me, but it's, it's tough, man, being on stage. And especially if you, you know, you get, you get kind of blown out of the water by somebody, but you get to, you know, get the critiques from the judges. And if you take that and you learn from it, it's, you know, like I said, it's a good way to sharpen the steel as you will, or as, if you will. For the, it, it sounds like a pretty tough place to cut your teeth with like, <laughs> like you're up in front of a bunch of people and you got a bunch of judges that like know what they're talking about. And like, yeah. they're just going to eat you alive if you didn't throw something good out there. I can, I, I can obviously see how it would push you to become a better producer rather quickly, which is cool. Plus you get feedback you can trust, right? Hundred um, percent. I feel like another, and correct me if I'm wrong. Another interesting aspect of this would be like, what beats do you play in the early rounds, and what do you try and save? Because if you lose playing some beats that you thought were okay, that like you know, can you play beats twice? Probably not, right? No, not in the same. Well, no, I mean, I, I don't think anybody. I've, I haven't seen that happen. Not in the same yeah. beat battle. Like you could probably play this a beat that you've played before, but even that, sometimes I feel like people may notice. But, you know, if you have one that works really well and it's a different platform, I'd, I'd say go for it. But as far as what to play, I think it really depends on this is where, you know, going, doing a lot of battles. I picked up little things from people that, you know, had had been in a lot of battles before me. Um, things like if you you never want to really hold back, if you have something and you're going first, it's really important because you could hear somebody like especially if you've done it for a while. Like since, I, you know, I have a lot of beats over from over the years that are good for beat battles. Um, and. I kind of have an idea that, of what that I Toto think hold the line part. remix and, the, yeah, and exactly. the road Jack remix come right <laughs> to mind, bro. Always. Exactly. Yeah. Well, see that's, there's, and that's, there's a cheat code in that too, is if you take a popular sample and you can kind of have people hear it and they, they're like, Oh God, what are the, what, you know, I hope they don't mess this up is usually at least what I think when I hear somebody do that. Yeah, <laughs> and if you can execute it, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Cause if you can execute, then people go crazy. But if it's like underwhelming, they're like, yeah. Oh man, well, cause I know what yeah. it sounds like. So if you don't, if you don't mix it up a bit or change it enough, then it can be disappointing. But uh, yeah, you don't want to hold back, especially if you have to go first and you don't know like who you're going against or if like you've never heard their stuff. Cause you don't, you know, in, there's so many crazy producers that I've still never heard of and, that just blow me away when I listen to their stuff. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to, you don't want to be that person that's like, Oh, I was holding it for the last round. But at the same time, you know, if you think you can play something that's a little bit less, like that's why going second, you know, usually people choose to go second. There's usually a coin flip or something just yeah. so you can counter what they have. Cause maybe they have something that's really, you know, boom bap, but you can also, also see what the crowd reacts to. Cause if they play something and the crowd's kind of like, so, so bad, you're like, okay, maybe I'll go a different direction and play something that's a little more, yeah, this you know in this genre or whatever yeah you really got to read the the format too like for example like these ones he's talking about are generally like the death by stereo ones where it was like multiple beats back and forth between two producers and then each round like gets judged and then overall it's like who won like like you know nba playoffs or something right yeah. whereas like i standard uh when you got to beast of the beats and that final, you know, final national championships, the first, like the first round is just one beat each. You don't get to pick who goes first and you have to, before the weekend even starts, submit all your beats in order. So you got to like put them in order and be like, all right, well, 
front load with the heat because the more times you're on stage, the more people notice you and the more people are going to want to come network with you. So it's like, if you were like, well, I'll probably make it through the first round. So let me put my weak beats there, my dope beats in the last round. But if you don't make it to the last round, who cares? I'd rather look weak as one of the top 10 competitors. I'd rather be 10th out of 10 in the, out of a hundred than, you know, 99 out of a hundred with all my dope beats on deck. Yeah. No one gets to hear. Yeah. Yeah, Man, such, that's rough. Yeah, that's such an interesting ripple. Like, I have no idea how I would approach that. I've even had so homies that went super deep on it where they were like, so I looked at who the judges were going to be each day, and I like completely like planned my order based <laughs> on who was going to be the that judges sure. that day and what that's kind of music sweet. they clearly like because they make it. And I yeah, fuck it's, with it's that. crazy, right? There's so many strategies. Yeah, yeah, also, yeah and I know that. In the uh, in the in the fi- that's the one thing I learned is yeah that the final rounds people would put like hooks on their beat because it, it is and, and that's and that's one thing you know is the eye standard versus something like a death by stereo or even beat match is they really um, having a balance of like stuff that's hard hitting because you, you know usually beat battles are within a minute or a minute thirty in some cases so you want to put a you know a lot of stuff in there but you don't want to overwhelm people I think usually like a transition or maybe maybe two if you do it really carefully. Um, but some people just have a loop and, you know, it doesn't really change up much. And if it's playing for like a minute and a half, people are kind of like, okay, kind of got tired of it after 30 seconds and nothing changed. And it's kind of, um, but with, with I standard the, you, the, it seemed like the people that went far um, and, you know, the, the best reception was beats that had like moments of like openness where you could hear an artist on it. And then you had it mixed with, you know, very intricate transitions and, um, you know, things that kind of keep, you know, keep the ear of people, but is, you know, is still leaving it open. Cause they, they, they all, they tied a lot of their events, which was one of the cool things about I standard um, is they would also have events where they had songwriters and a lot of songwriters were present there as well too. So, you know, they were trying to encourage people to, you know, work together. Yeah. So they that called that cool. power of the pin. And so yeah. like, it would be beast of the beats championship and power of the pin championships in the same weekend. It's badass. Yeah. Um, so speaking of styles and, and preferences and all that, what what is the Agent M style? What what are you inspired by? What do you look for in music? And what's your secret weapon going into these kind of beat battles? Or even when you're just working with the artist, what do you feel like is your signature? Yeah. Um, well, I think I, I've always li- you know really enjoyed um, like when I when I really started getting into music and even especially beat making, I listened to a lot of like '90s era hip hop. Um, I, you know, I really liked, you know, outcasts, so like organized noise. Um, and so I really liked that organic, um, kind of swingy drums. And I think that is what a lot of people, um, especially for beat battles. Cause a lot, you know, especially when I started doing beat battles, trap was huge. So you had these crazy, you know, like 808 bends and, and, and stutters and all these really cool tricks that I didn't really know how to do, but then I would come with some of the boom bap beats. And then it was a lot of times it'd be one of the few, in in you know beat battles i think now now it's a little bit different it seems like it, it, there's a lot of hip-hop music kind of gearing back towards um those those like organic drum sounds and funk um so um yeah i think swingy drums you know bass lines west coast influence but um I, I like to evolve i feel like i have um in different like i'll attack different genres with you know if i'm working with artists like recently i've really started doing a lot of kind of more upbeat, you know, 100 to 110 BPM, um, kind of funky, I don't know, stuff you'd hear like maybe Anderson Pack or, you know, like some, some, yeah, just kind of vibey hip hop influenced, but kind of more, I guess, more pop in my opinion. 
Um, and that's been really fun to make. And I, and so that's, that's something that's a little bit more new. Um, I feel like the, the style that I'm working on with artists, um, that's another kind of another sound that I'm developing, but definitely, yeah, boom, bap, swing, um, is probably what I mean, most people would classify my, my, my go-to sound as. You know, I would also throw in there, like, it's a mix of that, like, boom, bap, swing drum style, but also with, like, very, like, you know, West Coast golden era hip hop influences too of like your bass lines and your, and your instrumentation that you put on top of it. Cause you know, like a lot of that boom bap stuff was so sample based, like everything was yeah. like a grimy record sample. Whereas like your style is much more like using, you know, using keyboards and, and soft sense to, you know, to construct your own melodics, which, uh, which I think is a really good, it's a really good blend. Yeah, actually, that reminds me. Of your beats, man. I, I appreciate that, man. No, that's this, this likewise. <laughs> you know, we 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 have some. I know we got plenty in the vault, and you know, yeah. I, we got to come out with a beat tape. <laughs> we talk about that the other week. Like, man, we hey, should, man. I know we have enough for a couple. I know, um, right? But just to touch on what you were talking about, and that actually just reminds me, going back to the origin story thing. It's just, it's an interesting way of. I've, I thought about this recently about how, you know, obviously, I feel like you're, you know, you develop your sound, or like with my specific sound, there's different, I guess periods that I go through where I develop different aspects of the sound. Um, and I, when I first made beats, I was sampling everything. I didn't really care because I was just doing it for fun. And then right as I was kind of taking it, you know, a, a little bit more seriously. And I, a lot of people were talking about getting sued and you don't want to sample. So I did try to learn the keys. I don't have any training or anything like that, but I did, you know, I can play the keys a little bit now. Um, you know, I know basic theory um, and, and doing that really helped, uh, because just recently, actually, when like during the pandemic, I joined a lot of online communities where they have, um, you know, producers that um, I just gravitated certain ones that had uh, they were sampling heavy, kind of my style where it's like boom bap, like really dope, um, just just really dope producer communities. And they all were sampling stuff. And, and I realized that since I had really like not started not thinking about it and trying to do do all my own melodies, Lots of people are coming out with sound packs, splices here. Like there's lots of things that, um, you know, got a bad rep because there's a lot of people that just are like, here's a drum loop and here's a melody loop. And I made a beat and I, you know, that, you know, there's a lot of people that are, are, are do that or have, you know, I guess a variation from that, but I like to incorporate samples and I feel like I can flip them enough. Um, and it's something I used to do so much that I just feel really comfortable doing it. And I've started bringing, those sound packs or whatever, you know, people have, everybody has the availability to use the same sounds, some of the same sounds that I'm using. Um, but I just am confident that I can flip them better. And then with adding some of the, you know, the, the melodies and stuff that I had practiced for the last, you know, the last couple of years trying to avoid sampling and then blending those two together, um, has been really fun just cause I always would get stuck with when I would use samples, I would be hard to break away because it's like, okay, here's the beat with the sample. And then it's like, all right, then I take the sample out and then the beat sounds It's like, oh, there's that stock keyboard sound that makes it sound really weird now. But now that I've, you know, been able to kind of hone that craft and, you know, obviously getting better VSTs help. Like I just got Arturia not too long ago and that's been super fun, especially with like the warm synth sounds and um, all the cool effects that you can do on that. Um, and then it just, it, it's cool to be able to like have, maybe have a sample in there and then take the sample out and it doesn't sound it, it just enhances the beat because it's like, okay, now there's a new section. And, it, um, you know, to be able to kind of weave those two together has been really fun. I've seen our mentor, Ill Gates, do that a bunch. He calls it a spark. Where it's like, ooh, this makes me want to make music around it. And then after mm -hmm. a while, you'd be like, well, what happens if I mute 
that original spark sample like oh it's still dope and now i don't have to credit anybody else cool just what what i was inspired by by hearing somebody else all original exactly. now yep and you know I, I call them sprinkles too it's like sometimes you sometimes it is just a beat where the, you know I've, I've made all the stuff and then it's like i just want a little just something some ear candy you know that i'll go and maybe find a little like a chord hit or something that i like or a little like a little horn sample or something and you know try to chop it up make it my own but then you know, sprinkle it on top and it just has that aesthetic and warmth of sample Mm-hmm. sparks and sprinkles sparks yep. and sprinkles. Um, <laughs> i'm curious from the drum side um because a lot of the music i do is mainly trap based and i've done a, a few boom bat beats but it's usually comes down to like taking full samples and chopping up up and splicing them i'm curious yeah. um h- how do you do your drums nowadays i figure it's different from track to track but like as far as retaining that kind of swung groovy feel and getting that boom bat feel um, but still making your own, like, do you do a lot of mix? Like, uh, do you, do you use a lot of like just raw samples and, and do some processing on the group to make it sound like, like it was sampled off an old record or do you do a combination? Um, like, like, how do you, how do you make some original, nice swung boom bap drums? Yeah. Well, I think it is more about, and one thing that I went through a period of is I was actually using like trap drum elements, but still doing it boom bap cadences um and basically what that is is just i i never had an mpc but i've always like really thought it was cool to play and again i practiced for so long now i can you know i'll still go in and program and tune things up but I'll, most things even if i'm playing the chords or if i'm you know especially with the drums i'll usually play like i'll have a kick a snare and a hi-hat and i'll just play it on the keyboard um and to get like the general swing and then i'll go in and add little things like maybe a little roll here or i can you know nudge a note that was a little off but sometimes you know I, what i try to do is capture and everything without having to nudge anything and then you know like fine-tune i guess um but yeah it's a combination of um one one thing i thought sounded cool was you know taking like a beat break or something but then you know uh chopping it at each individual jump hit in that break and then just replaying replaying the break um and then maybe tucking like more modern drums under it so it had and then you know and then you know messing with the levels um and you know and mix them in together so you have the aesthetic and like the warmth and you know the crackle maybe of like a beat break drum with the you know the punchiness and the the mix of of you know more modern drums and it kind of it gives it that old feel but it doesn't sound you know dated because of the the quality of it yeah the, the yeah, like classic that. nostalgia feel but the modern engineering aesthetic that that lets it stand up like say in a beat battle against uh, another yeah. modern track or and then in or just like or like, i've done beat but like uh, or done like a boom bat beat but then take like a, ha- a trap i would still have a swing a little bit but those little like you know triplets and you know like having that sprinkled over a beat you know uh, a beat that sounds like it's boom bat beat but it's got it's like well you know there's little elements like that or using an 808 a bouncy 808 with the with the beat just experimenting it you know because sometimes it turns sounds really weird um but you know sometimes it sounds cool and i and i like to explore and try to create new sounds and um, blend different genres all the way back like i said from just you know blending a, a random beat break with a like a you know symphonic sample or something just trying different things and seeing if it works is boom trap a thing because i feel like yeah it i was just <laughs> yeah, definitely it. the phrase i think yeah that, and it's and it's funny father of sample packs oh mine Illmind, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, it's funny because i heard him so i used to i was listening i used to listen to blab chat um really heavily um when i would be working 
uh, just because I was doing like, a, and this is after, you know, I quit my sales job and I started doing a job that, you know, paid less or whatever, but it was kind of a construction based. Um, but, you know, so I, I'd get a little bit of a workout and I'd just be listening to music or listening to, you know, podcasts all day that, that would get me excited to get home and make music and incorporate things I was learning about and listening to. Um, and yeah, I remember him mentioning the boom trap sound thing. And I was like, well, I'd already been doing that. I didn't have, like have a name for it, but I was like, so that is pretty much like, it's like, well, I guess I'm not, you know, as not, not as unique as I thought of taking like <laughs> taking more modern drums and having it be a, you know, kind of a boom bat uh, swing, but you know, Hey, you know, there's, there's only so much originality under the sun, but you know, making it, making it your own is getting, getting certain swings and stuff. But yeah, I, def- I definitely kind of chuckled at that when I, when I heard him say that, I was like, well, shit, <laughs> he's already, uh, already like done that and moved on from it <laughs> that's such a big point we said uh there's only so much originality to go around and that's that's one thing i find you just you know i i don't know about you but i definitely went through a phase where i try to avoid and avoid samples and just do everything on my own and it took that phase to come to the realization that samples just have so much character to them right off of the bat and if you're trying to keep things really clean and modern and all that sometimes it just lacks that character and it's like that undescribable magic really where it's just like you know you're you're not gonna get that just doing everything from scratch and and that's one thing you know i've i've turned around and come back to and like repurposing old stuff and modernizing it is like it's it's the way now you know yeah. i feel anytime i'm like lacking a little bit of character in a composition just like let's find a sample that we already know works and just just you know sprinkle a little in there like you said a little horn stab a little whatever you got and it like just brings it to life i feel like that's the funniest producer pitfall like this whole fallacy of like when you're a beginner you try and make everything like so polished and so clean and like, how, how do I get it cleaner? How do I get it bigger and like more perfect? How do I get it more perfect? And then like you get to a point where then you're actually good and you're like, how do I make it sound more fucked up? Like I want it to be more human. Like I want, I want there to be like some actual tone and warmth to it. Like, no, like, yeah, that might be perfect, but that's not actually what I want anymore. It's so funny. You go all the way back around. All the way back yeah. around just to get RC twenty. Yeah, you gotta get that dirty. You gotta get that dirty clean. That dirty clean sound. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, um, I know. I actually learned about RC twenty from H and M. Oh yeah. He was showing me yeah, how definitely. dope that that plugin. Is. <laughs> I still don't yeah, have it, but, but I saw how dope it was. Well, it's it's there's. I mean, it, it's the same thing as like people being super hyped on specific DAWs. I mean, you can find a many a, a million plugins that do what it does. It's just, you know, it gives it like a, you can easily add that warmth. I just like the reverb in it. So like sometimes I'll just use it. It just has multiple parameters and you can use them all together. But sometimes I'll just be like, oh, I like the reverb in it. Or I like the way that, um, you know, it does like an auto pan feature or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that's part of it. I mean, getting, like I said, upgrading to like the Arturia sounds made a world of difference because you can just, you know, just tweaking like, I haven't even dug into half of the sounds that you get from that. Uh, from I think I got the V collection, um, so and just just initially the sounds off the jump are are awesome, and you know tweak a little bit. But then you can you know then if you add some uh, you know effects on top of that, it's it just it's night and day different from what I was used to try to make you know realistic sounds out of like you know like I said a stock reason. You know reason I did find the thing that was cool again about reason not having you know access to everything initially is there is a few really good sounds in there that i still use like one is just a 
like one of the bases that I like to use um, is it's like the subtractor basic patch called base. That's and it's just <laughs> and it's just That's it's still awesome, dude. It's still That's funky and it just it's it's a very very analog like just has a nice like a nice warmth to it and so yeah I mean if it's if it's not broken you know there's a, there's a few go to reason patches that I definitely still still swear by so yeah uh, they got some really good that's like I think has always been one of their strengths a reason has been their stock sounds have been like better yeah. than almost any other Dawes stock sounds that I've ever seen probably I mean probably any that I've ever come across. You know, That's, not, I've notwithstanding the lack of VSTs forever and the lack of VST three, still they say this month, or I guess you know, by the time this podcast airs, you know, maybe maybe it's already out, and people are like, "What are they talking about?" That update came out, but you know, <laughs> we record ahead of time. We're prepared, yeah. folks. I've definitely I've definitely heard that from from more than just you two that like Reason has an incredible ability to make pretty much anything that you want just with the stock stuff which I'm sure is kind of kind of fun to produce in because you don't have to reach for all this other expensive stuff. You know, like you have everything you need already, even though the next shiny thing is always like, oh man, what, why not? I mean, when did they get VST2 support? Oh, was that, that was uh, eight? Oh, I think it was nine. So I don't know, it was a few years back. They're on 11 now. Just like, a, it's like, yeah, like on three, three, years three entire back, years ago. Yes. Yeah, like they're on. Oh, they're on twelve now. They're on twelve. Yeah, I still have eleven. Yeah, me too. I haven't pushed up. They, 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 they're really pushing heavily for like the subscription thing where you get all the stuff. I was like, I don't know. I already bought eleven. Like, I, I did, there, there's a couple new things, but again, like the amount of stuff you can do, like the new things are just making it maybe a little bit easier. But I already have like, like there's a new sampler, but I use Serato sample for you know, chopping samples and stuff already. And I already really like the way it works and the way it sounds and the way it manipulates yeah. the samples. So it's just like, you know, I don't yeah. need to upgrade. Yeah. Anything. I feel like at, at a certain point, like as when you're like a beginner or intermediate, you like always want the next like shiny thing because you feel like it's going to make you a better producer or like give you a leg up because maybe you're not as good. Like if I have this cool thing, I can make this cool thing that no one else can because, you know, I'm the first person to get it or whatever. And then, like, as you actually get good, then you're, like, not really interested in new stuff because, like, you know how to use some stuff that you already have really, really well. And that stuff's probably also kind of become integral to your sound, like, like, like your the, the sounds you've made and the, the racks you've built and all this stuff is kind of, like, integral to your sound. So you're kind of like, well, I don't really need anything else. And nowadays, like, on Black Friday, I'll pick up, like, a plug-in or two and that's the only day all year that I buy anything but it's just like huh I think with my workflow and like my sound like this thing could be cool as well but like that desire to just like grab the next thing and like hope that it's gonna make me sound cooler it's just like it just doesn't exist anymore yeah I, I think it's soothe too yeah, <laughs> if you don't have that, like definitely. It's a little bit of like it's a little bit of both because I think it, you're right. It, you can pretty much do anything. That's why it's funny. You know, I, I engage in it, but it's you know when people argue about which DAW is the best, it's you know it's just it's like PlayStation or Xbox. It's like they do yeah. the same shit. They're just yeah. you know it's what you it's what you're used to. But like the there is if getting to for a while I kind of went through that where I'd buy things and I wouldn't really use it because I didn't take the time to learn I'm like I already know what it does I already know what it does but now that I had realized that I wanted to have more um, you know like I really wanted some warm synth sounds 
Speaking of warm this, sun, yeah, I was gonna say, is there, <laughs> is there some sort of synth tone coming? It's nice. It's it's it was a nice under you know under under a little binaural. <laughs> that was like the most producer thing to happen in an interview ever. That was amazing. I actually hey man, set my phone it. down on the keyboard instead of the desk. <laughs> Always got to always got to have the the the, the synths ready, but, but yeah, like if you know what sound you're wanting, like it, like I said, I knew I knew I wanted, and it, it, a lot of it comes from just hearing somebody else had it and be like, what the hell is that? And then be like, oh yeah, this is Arturia, and I did that three times. Like it was within like a week span. Like I was collaborating with some people, and every time like somebody played something, I was like, what is that Arturia? The next day, what is that Arturia? I was like, all right, I'll get it. And you know, it's been it's been a good purchase, but definitely got to be careful about about doing that like if you want certain things you got to make sure you don't already have them yeah because then it gets redundant yeah so um speaking of vsds what are what are some go-tos for you um like what what are if you could only have like a couple available to you what what would be your first go-to um well i really like the um well, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of the stock reason ones um, for drums. I just like I find I have a sampler and I just have a ridiculous collection of drum sounds. Um, so I don't know. I guess to maybe set that aside. I just use the Kong in Reason usually. That mixed with uh, the Reason stock, uh, you know, like basically they have in I think in mo- they have a lot of VSTs of it, but it's um, it's basically just it sounds like a real drum kit. You know, it's like all the all the keys are really sensitive. Mm-hmm. You know, with the hi hats and stuff, I use that pretty much on every track. Just because you know, little like a little ride hit here or a little, you know, hi hat hit, it just gives the the kind of the more realistic feel to it. Um, but then, yeah, um, hmm, I, I really like the Rickenbacker bass in uh, Contact, so I use that bass a lot. Um, but I would say, yeah, like Contact is one, uh, and then all this shit that is in Arturia is amazing, like crazy the, the collection. Mini- yeah, the Mini V, the what, I don't even remember what they're all occurred. Like it has the Jupiter, just the, all the emulations of the of the real synths are really really cool. Um, yeah, besides that, like I said, I, even even still compared to a lot of people, like there's people that have like Omnisphere and all these things. I literally the, on, the only two that I bought bought outside of Reason is Complete and um, and Arturia just recently. So, mm-hmm. dude, I have Omnisphere, and the only two things I use it for are bells and choir. Oh, hey, in memoriam all day yeah oh for sure <laughs> i've used that in like probably three different tracks classic I'm, I'm it's so funny that like i thought i was like oh this is sick and there's so many presets in omnisphere you're like oh my god like there's no way i'm rinsing someone else's shit and then like <laughs> i swear to god like goat by polyphia uses in memoriam out of omnisphere i was like no way like, oh you every trap it. producer too yeah of course so, yeah, you start to know those sounds, and that's the problem. Like, and again, you know, it's the, you can run into with samples. Like, you know, I I I do use splice, but I notice when people use splice and they just drop a loop in. But again, like, I feel like you got to manipulate it. Like, you can. That, that's why I like doing, it, especially because you know they're royalty free loops. But then if you treat it like a an old sample or something and chop it up or rearrange it, pitch it, slow it down. Um, one of the things you know that I really uh, well, I felt like I had stepped a level up is when I was collaborating with trap a lot. He, we both use reason 
which is also a, a really helpful tool is he was showing me all this crazy shit. I started bouncing. I, I, we'd always, it, it's funny because you have different ways of approaching the same program. So it's funny specifically when you're watching somebody use a program you use and they do things differently and we're like correcting each other, like, Hey, do it like that. And you're like, well, no, no, I do it like this way. But one thing he does is it, that got me into it that I do on every track now is bouncing any MIDI file to a wave. Um, just cause you can manipulate them in different ways and like reversing them. And you, and when you pitch bend them and you stretch them, it sounds a little bit different. Um, and it just gives it, you know, like any melody I have, if it's like the main melody of the track, without a doubt, I have already, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I'll bounce it, pitch it up an octave or pitch it down an octave and blend those together mm-hmm. and then like automate, automate it so they, it, they kind of breathe throughout the track. So it doesn't really feel like you're hearing a different melody, but it, you could be listening to the same melody that just looped, but then you have the high one kind of come in and then go down or have a different effect on it, have a little bit more reverb. And so it's just like different sounds, but it just kind of gives it a more atmospheric blend and, you know, and, and then doing stuff like little stop, like, I, I, I can't remember the, the term you, you called it, but like the stops where you cut everything out. Um, and if you have a MIDI, sometimes it'll just ring out a little bit, but if you have the way you can cut and then it. Yeah. You know, cutting reverb tails. We call it checkerboarding. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So things like that. So yeah, it's, you know, all the tricks of the trade, you know, that, and that's, that's another way where people are like, you know, how do you, you know, you're only using reason stuff. I'm just like, well, I'm, you know, going crazy with the reason shit. Cause I'm like blending three layers of the same one to create one sound. Well, I think also uh, the people that are like, Oh, you're only using reason stuff. Like they don't use reason. Like they don't know, like they yeah, use, yeah, they, some, probably, they got a they crack use. of reason five in 2007. And we're like, this is cool, but it's limited. And then assumed that it didn't change over seven versions they never even got the crack bro they just got the crack (laughs) of ableton and then i i I mean for most people ableton stock stuff if it's not the suite with that i mean even the suite like i couldn't really make music with just ableton stock stuff so i think most people would probably just assume that 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 reason doesn't have any expensive sounding stuff yeah i'm definitely man uh, both those both those misconceptions Speaking of Ableton stock, I feel you. I've been going through the stock library recently and there's hella Sophie-esque sounds and like futuristic sounding shit that I never would have expected being in there. And uh, I think also a big key is like download all the additional shit from the site. That, yeah. that's huge i don't know if reason has anything like that but uh it did and that's that was one of the things there was i i again the, like the drums that i use like I, there's one that i've used that i've literally had since like reason four i don't know where it was like on some refill download that was free at a particular time but then they stopped making it and so i just have this one and i really just like the way that the there's one setting on it that makes the hi-hat sound really nice and realistic and so i still use it and i don't remember exactly how but it was off one of those things where there's like yeah some some download so you definitely want to get the curated downloaded you know stuff that they have for each and you know whatever your dog choice is but yeah it is funny because like we we're talking about when i first started with ableton um i don't i don't really know many of the stock sounds because like at that point i was just sampling so i'd be chopping and i was basically i wasn't playing stuff at that time either i was like placing a lot of stuff so i got really intricate with and that's why i was it's funny tying back to when trap was taught me about printing stuff because then it was going back into what i was doing is taking the waves placing them and you could really you know with automating automating different sounds and you know having them you know ch- you know the checkerboard and stuff doing all that stuff uh really gave me a lot of freedom and i used to do all of that in in ableton because that was the only the only basically all i would do in that is just mess with the wave files and then coming back from having a little more experience with playing shit you know, incorporating, like I said, you know, gathering the knowledge, taking the L's, 
learning the lessons. <laughs> yeah. It all helps. Yeah. Taking the L's, that's huge. No producer yeah. has ever got lessons. to sounding great without taking, oh, so many L's. So and it L's. just it helps build your it helps build your like you know if if you if you hear no then you're not and, and you're like broken by that then you're not ready for making it a long way doing this stuff yeah, you're just not yeah <laughs> yeah better yeah. not you're send anything not. to a label ever because you're just gonna get crushed all over the place well you're <laughs> lo- honestly you're lucky to get crushed by the label you're probably gonna get ignored <laughs> you're right. probably just gonna get no response ever. Even if they read it, they're not even going to respond. Like, it's a very good point. I, I'd even go so far as to say I'd, I'd I'd rather people hate it than feel indifferent. I feel like if that, if people hate it and and strongly hate it, you're at least on the right track. First, well, and see, and that's but, it's that's yeah. you're learning is because that's yeah. when you when you hear something, even if even if it hurts, you at least know instead of like, well, did they not listen to it, or maybe yeah. they were looking for something else, but they didn't tell me they were looking for something else, so I don't know. So now I have to guess. And, you know, it could have just been maybe they skipped over it and it was the perfect thing that they were looking for, but they just didn't get to it because they didn't like how you labeled your email or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you never know. <laughs> but that's another thing, too. Like, once, you, once you're, once you like, good, like, you you understand that indifferent is the worst case scenario. You're like, wow, I just made the most generic, forgettable piece of garbage ever. But, like, when you're good and someone doesn't like it, like... I mean, I'm not saying that you're like, oh yeah, like they don't like it because that means someone else will. But like, you know, at that point, you know that like, if someone hates it, someone someone else will like it. Like, good art divides the audience, right? Mm-hmm. And like, when you're when you're just like getting going and someone hates it, it's like it just crushes you, <laughs> and you just gotta really work through it. Yeah, yeah that's true. But yeah, I like what you said about how you know, getting out there, whether, you know, it's getting, you know, submitting to feedback for somebody or getting on stage, you know, or, you know, even collabing with people, just having other ears on your music and and other opinions on your creative process. You do have to learn that self-confidence to like take it and not be crushed. Mm -hmm. But you learn so much through that process, not only not how to be crushed, but so many cool tips and tricks and you know, ways to think about your music, ways to conceptualize little little things to do inside your DAW that you just, man, I I never knew about that feature. Like both of us, you know, every time I work with somebody that uses Reason, I always like, oh, damn, I never thought about using that tool that way. That's crazy. It's like, yeah, that's just the most natural thing to me. Shit. Yeah, yeah 100%, man. I think I've, I've always, and, you know, I, I would say this was a, a revelation as I was taking this more seriously is collaborating with people is is the super way to to level up because you do you learn that like here again hearing someone else's ears the, like 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 chap was saying just the way people do something differently like if you pick out certain elements um and it, it just it helps you as like a human too because you you may like think something's the shit and then if you hear immediately like well what about this maybe maybe you know you're gonna have sometimes where you butt heads about an idea but then you you try things you know you try things in different ways you have um, it just, it, it really, it's just a way to, to expand your sound without, it's, it's really hard to do by, your, I would imagine it's really hard to do by yourself. Cause every time I've had a good collaborative, um, you know, like effort with somebody, I, I've definitely, you know, I've picked things up and it, I've noticed how it changed my sound a little bit and just, 
being able to go in those specific bags and not, not, not to mention you also can use your strengths. Like I've started collaborating with people. I really, you know, worked on drums for a long time. So even though I think I can make really cool melodies, I've been working with this guy named Sean Hibbler. He goes by black and me on so social media. Dope. And he's one, he's one of the guys that lives here in Atlanta. It's probably been one of my, the, the coolest things about moving here. I knew he was going to be here, but um, we had actually collaborated a few times. Um, we were working on a project together and we were, collaborating over zoom and we just we made some really cool stuff and then once once we met in person it's just we both really and this is what i was talking about making the kind of the funky stuff hit with his he's been playing you know in in church and and playing keys for years and years and years so he's incredible but he also plays things that are the keys but like he can play a bass that sounds real he can play a guitar like we made some tracks where he plays a guitar and it sounds like somebody's you know shredding an electric guitar um, it's just really fun because we have a similar um, outlook and what we like to make, but the things that I can't do very well, he's perfect at. And the things that he, need, you know, that he can't do as well, I, I, I excel at. And so it just, you know, not only learning new things along the way, but just being able to accentuate each other's strengths, you can create some really cool stuff. Amen. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, I feel like watching wh- whenever you have that collab and like, and like, I know, at least speaking from my own personal experience, you sit down at the computer and you have someone else sitting there. Like you're not going to fuddle around with like the okay stuff. You're going to like go, you're going to like, you're, you're going to hit your instinctual stuff because you want it to sound good right away. So like the opposite of like watching someone else sit down at the computer and you're sitting next to them, like their instinctual moves, like you should be paying attention because those are probably going to be like, they're like, quickest get to something that sounds good stuff and that's always like even if the track doesn't end up sounding good like the stuff you can teach each other just by literally sitting there and watching them use the same program that you do like you'll be better off after it totally and you you you, you kind of a lot of moments arise too um i know that like me and Trav have had plenty of these where like you'll make some stuff and you can be like eh but if it's like if you if you after making something for like you know, 20, 30 minutes, you know, trying some different things, you'll know that there's like a moment. And that's what's so cool about collaborating specifically in person is like, just because you, you even if it's like out of the corner of your eye, like something, someone will start playing and you'll see like both people just start immediately, yeah. you know, it just it, both people like kind of light up and you're like, yeah. okay, cool. That's the sound we need to go for. Let's, let's build off of that. And I just feel like, um, you know, collaborating in general is great for that, but that's why even, even in person is just a li- just that little extra bit, just because you have that, like you have that energy in the room and, um, super fun. Yeah, it's really hard to run out of ideas, whether you're working on beats or lyrics, like just having multiple minds in the room. It always just adds that one element of unpredictableness that always just keeps you out of your comfort zone. And and that's the biggest thing I've learned in the last couple of years. Whenever I've gotten into my comfort zone, it's like when I felt the most demotivated and just hated my own stuff and whatever. It's like as soon as you get in the studio with somebody else, like they'll throw out just that one idea that you never would have thought of. And then like, I'll go on like three, four month kind of just exploration phase on like just that one little detail that they threw in that I never would have thought of until that shit gets stale. And then bam, (laughs) get back in the studio, find that other little thing. Yeah. That synergy of collaboration is so real. Like you said, they'll come up with an idea you never would have thought of and it'll spark something in you that they never would have thought of. And then that sparks something in them that never would have happened unless both of y'all were in the room. You know, it's like, it's, it's so powerful. So yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just need another in person, depending on your level of COVID restriction, (laughs) (laughs) get collabing humans. 
Yeah, even sometimes you just need somebody to be like, no, you're doing good, man. Like, don't don't think about it too hard. Like, that's actually dope. And then you just get out of your own way. And like, I was literally just going to say that, like, because that is a big thing. Like, you know, we're we're all producers. We know we, we like to like, you know, you, well, at least I feel like there's always the moment when you're after you've collaborated with someone where it's like before you're leaving, yo, let me play a few of the new beats I've been working on, or even or at the and sometimes doing it that, that at the beginning because sometimes it's like, well, let me try this thing for you because we're all sensitive about our shit. We're artists. Sometimes we get in our own head, you know, because like there's one of those times where you're working on something all night, the craziest, <laughs> dopest thing you listen to in the morning, and you're like, what in the fuck? Yeah. So being able to bounce it off somebody else, especially at this time where we've all been, you know, locked in a little bit more, you know, away from everybody more than normal. Um, yeah, getting, getting that little boost of somebody being like, Oh yeah, that's dope. Like that sounds really cool. And again, you might not, you might've ex- spent six hours staring at your screen, listening to the same loop. And then you get, you know, freaked out cause you didn't, you know, but they hear it right off the bat and like, Oh, you know, I have a perfect top line for that. Boom, boom. And then there you go. But yeah, definitely, definitely bouncing off ideas. Not only obviously the, the actual collaborative process, you know, is, is important, but just getting, you know, someone's ears that you trust. And having them get excited about your stuff sometimes gives you a little boost that, you know, you didn't know, like maybe you were a little bit in like a little zone where you couldn't be that, you know, I guess creative. And sometimes it's just getting a little pat on the back of like, hey, man, this shit's actually pretty dope. Like explore that sound. Don't be don't worry about it too much. Hey, man. Yeah, sure. sure. Um, I'm curious um, for for your own music that you're doing nowadays um are you working primarily with vocalists and rappers you're doing more of the beat tape kind of side and if you um, are working both. with artists yeah 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 i'm work. I'm, I'm both i have a lot i have a lot of unreleased stuff um with uh, like I, so there's a couple artists that i'd like to i've got i've gone the route of I'm, I'm considering just you know starting to sell beats to whoever um you know just sending out packs here and there but like i really wanted to create like specific sounds with artists and we'll only work with like not, not really a wide range of artists or a wide range, I guess in like what they're capable of doing, but people that I like vibe with mm-hmm. on a personal level. Um, there's a guy in Seattle named uh, Marl, uh, really dope. Uh, I met him at a, um, a an event where actually T, uh, DJ Toomp was, was there and playing, playing beats and he introduced himself as a producer, but then they were freestyling and he started freestyling. And I was like, what the fuck? He's literally one of the better, better freestylers that I've heard, whether it be the cadence and the stuff he's saying is crazy. Um, so we just really hit it off right off the bat. So we've collaborated on beats. Uh, we work together a lot. We've kind of shaped a sound. Um, we, we've tried boom bap stuff. We've tried trap stuff. We've done the kind of vibey stuff I was talking about. Um, and it's just, it's just fun because he's in the way that I like to be, ex, you know, ex, explore different sounds you know, as a producer, he does the same thing as a, as an artist and we've complimented each other in that way. Um, so he's one that's really dope that I've worked with. Um, there's a, a rapper named Osby chill, um, who's a really dope, like kind of goes back to my West coast kind of boom bat, uh, kind of G funk sound. Um, we have a, a couple, like a couple projects worth of shit that, you know, just waiting for the time to drop it. Um, it's kind of a, the balls in kind of his court on that one. Um, but then, yeah, I've worked with a couple of just, I, like I said, I like to explore different things. I've, there's a, an artist I'm working with who's actually in the UK that I met on clubhouse, um, named Alana and she's really dope. We have like a, something I never would have made. It's like ballad-esque. It's something I would hear. I could hear it. Like it could be maybe great for like a sync or something like that. Almost like an intro of like a, of a series or something is really cool. Um, uh, a rapper named Latney. Um, hey. we just put out a couple a couple tracks, um, you know, been working on stuff here in Atlanta. 
Um, and then, yeah, the stuff I'm working on with Sean, I actually have a, um, we, we did a beat tape. Um, we actually did a joint beat battle. Um, it's some of the favorite beats that I've made. Um, we spent a lot of time um, working on them, uh, but it's basically, it's 10 tracks, um, like a minute and a half long. I put it on Bandcamp. So it's in my Instagram profile. Um, the project's called Classified. We call each other Ag- Agent Black was the name that we came up with on a whim until it changes. That's what, that's what the, that's what it's going to be uh, as a mix between our names. But yeah, it's really cool. If you want to hear kind of the, the type of stuff that I do for like a beat battle. Um, so we're going to continue, continue doing things like that. Um, I have a, a lot of beats that are kind of easy listening, lo-fi type of stuff. So I've definitely wanted to do all the, basically answer your question. Yes. And a lot of artists I'm working mm-hmm. with, I really want to make like records. I think if I had to choose one thing I really want to do is to make, I want to make really cool records and work with artists because that's what I've done, but I don't have tons of stuff out. Um, but I also want to continue making, you know, kind of, you know, as an artist, I guess myself, whether it be um, performing, doing doing shows like beat battles, things, you know, showcases, or just putting out things that could be on playlists that people listen to. Because when I was when I was starting making beats, I listened to a lot of, um, you know, things like RJD2, uh blockhead love um you know like peach instrumentals just lots of like instrumental hip-hop and just loved it and like listening to it while i was like doing homework or just you know whatever playing sports or whatever just having beats where you don't necessarily need lyrics so i, I definitely want to expand on that as well especially now that i have i'm able to create the sounds that i was trying to when i you know back in the day when i wasn't as good um so yeah all of that but definitely want definitely like in a you know want to work with artists um and get some stuff out um enjoyed the balance of having rappers and also working with singers um, just because they approach things differently. I think also having different, having a rapper and a singer on one, um, you know, on one track is really cool. Um, yeah. So just then there's a few, you know, a few other artists that I haven't mentioned that just cause I don't want to go through naming each individual person I'm working with, sure. but it's all people that it's all people that I just, like I said, I believe in um, that I get to sit down with and like, you know, kind of discuss how things are, just a sound rather than just like shooting a, a, a shot in the dark, like, Hey, here's a beat, do, do your thing with it. You know, I think it, you, you create a better product when you're, you know, both invested in it. thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. Amen, man. I gotta, I didn't even know about the agent black tape. I gotta go check that out. Yeah. I have to, have to send it. me the link, man. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll, I'll, uh, put, it, I'll, I'll put it in I'll, the show notes too. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. That'd be dope. Link down um, below. Yeah, Hey, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Bandcamp is something that, again, like when I first, I know it's something that's been around for a long time, but getting with those communities that like, you know, like to do the sampling and stuff, a lot of people put stuff out. Because there is, in, in beat battling, as I've mentioned before, like, you know, Trap mentioned like the Hit the Road Jack or the Hold the Line, you know, songs that I can't clear. Um, you can put them up there. And for the most part, people don't seem to care. You know, it's not, you know, nobody's getting their songs, you know, struck down for any, anything like that. And I feel like the, uh, the mentality has changed too. It's like, you know, if, if my, if my song is getting to the point where somebody wants to sue me over it or like to like, you know, to give a strike down order, it's like, well, that means probably millions of people have heard it. And that's not the best, you know, the, the, the worst, the worst thing to happen. So like they said in the wire, um, that's one of them. <laughs> what do you call it? Good problem. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, Go for it, Trap. I was going to say, like, um, like what, you know, what are your aspirations? Like, you know, where do you see yourself in a few years? Like, what what do you want to have accomplished? So speak that into existence for you. Yeah, well, I definitely want to, um, you know, I'm working while I'm doing all this. So I would like to kind of make a living off of, you know, off of the stuff that I'm making. 
Um, but just building relationships, you know, I think getting some, cause that's pretty much what it seems to be like, you know, there's, I feel like at a certain level, you get to a threshold where you, you know, I'm always going to be improving. I think my music's always going to be getting better, but I feel like it's at a point where the, the qualities there just need to be able to get it to the right people. Um, but also creating the right people, I guess, in a sense, like not necessarily like chasing. I feel like there's, I'm always going to be, you know, if I have a placement opportunity trying to send stuff out or, you know, like I said, scoring a film was, is a bucket list thing or like a, an anime. Like I, uh, I, I saw Samurai, when I first saw Samurai Champloo is, uh, you know, it was an uh, anime that was scored by Fat John and New Jabez um, and just super dope, like jazzy hip hop beats and, you know, with, you know, dope kung fu, you know, just crazy martial art uh, anime. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really dope combination. So uh, doing something like that would be fun. Um, but yeah, just getting, getting, a, getting a, like a group of artists that's consistently putting stuff out that, because um, I, I feel like the, the music's going to be good and that everything's going to grow eventually. But just having consistent, you know, consistent people, like you said, it's, we don't like the sending stuff out. You don't hear anything back. But if you have those relationships, you hear back a lot, a lot more often than not. So kind of broadening that network. Um, Atlanta seems like a great place to do that. Exactly. I mean, that was, that was, good call. That was I idea. miss you. I miss you out here in Seattle. No cap, but uh, no, likewise. Oh, wait, cap. You're always wearing a cap. It says H and M. Branding. We had an episode on branding a few weeks back. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta step that up a little bit. I think that's part of being my own. You know, because I'm cool with being behind the scenes and you know being a part of projects. But that's where I think I could do both. You could be a part of the projects with artists where they're the the face of it, but then, you know, doing your own thing. Like I said, if it's, whether it be beat tapes or scoring, you know, scoring animations, films, um, a lot of animation and, and film in Georgia too. Yep. Yeah. They, they really been pushing that there. One thing I'm curious, maybe my favorite question to ask, I feel like every three, four months, you kind of pick up a new technique that levels you up as a producer or sends you down a new rabbit hole or, or whatever. And I'm curious if you found any, new production techniques or just mindset shifts or, you know, anything like that that's been, uh, you know, at the forefront of your production lately? Um, I think. Hmm. And while you think I'll fuck with that trick that you said about layering the sounds and automating them to get the ambience, yeah. man, I feel like I'm going to be doing that every track. now. Yeah, man. I trust me. You're going to, you won't, you won't look back. Cause it's just, it just gives the extra little, extra little, uh, you know, auditory treats for you. Um, Literally did that on a track with shoes last night. We were, we were working <laughs> and it's that who you going to call. It's really close, Evan. I'm a, we're going to send it to you on this Good. next draft. Good. I'm <laughs> waiting. I've been waiting, dude. <laughs> Evan, Evan had like, was like, dude, where the fuck is that track you played in Montana that one time? Like, <laughs> like so many Very times. specific. Yeah. <laughs> like two and a half years ago. <laughs> so, I've, so many times I've asked. It's, <laughs> well, it's almost it's done now. my favorites. That's great because it is one of my favorites by you guys. Yeah. Um, damn, I've spent this whole time been thinking about, I don't know. Cause I guess one thing is cause it's something that I've done, but something that I've relied a lot more on. Well, actually, I guess this would qualify in, I think, you know, travel find is funny, but I finally made a beat template. Um, I had the longest, I enjoyed I feel like sometimes I would discover things differently from having to go into a folder. And as I'm skipping down to the drum sound that I like to go to, I'm like, Oh, I like that sound or whatever. But now that I kind of have 
I have a lot of sounds that I like having, you know, like I, where I pop open a beat and there's immediately, I can just immediately have drums that I know sound good, whether I use them or not. I know they sound good. Then I know there's a piano, there's a Rhodes that I like, there's a bass, there's a, I have a, I'll have like a normal bass. I'll have an 808. So just no matter what type of beat I'm going into, I can immediately. And that, I think a lot of that is working with artists mm-hmm. and having them sit there is because a lot of times they don't want like a full beat. And uh, it's another just aspect of, you know, working one-on-one with them as opposed to sending them something is, you know, it's a lot of times they'll catch a vibe off of very, something really simple, like maybe just some very simple drums and just one chord or like two, you know, like one chord progression without adding anything else. Then they're like, okay. And then they want to write to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a template is, you know, just being able to go through different options, different sounds, having some vocals over here, having, you know, everything just in, in its place already, just, you know, obviously streamlines the process, but it just, you, uh, you have your, your go-to stuff right there. Um, and, you know, I think it, as I, as I do that more, I'll probably have multiple, you know, I'll expand and have different, different beat starts for specific types of, uh, you know, specific genres, I guess. But at the moment, I just kind of have like the sauce of all the things that I, you know, kind of go to and just have them right there. Um, so I think that's helped, um, just cause it's, it's, it's got me to, to whip up. I can, you know, get a solid beat, especially even a loop, um, just done really quickly. Um, and, you know, also experimenting into doing that a little bit loops, I've kind of gone back and forth about like putting something out, like some drums or something like that. But uh, there's just so much of that. I maybe making loops, but then just sending them to specific people. So it's not like a very wide uh, spread thing, but just being able to cook up in little sessions. Like, you know, maybe I have a half an hour here or half an hour there having all that stuff there instead of spending the time loading it all up, I can just create something. And then I have like a, a drum loop for myself for a later date or like a, a melody that I can send to somebody else or something like that. So yeah, I guess I'll say that because, you know, that in addition with getting all the new Arturia sounds, which has also been the last couple of months, hey. um, has definitely been a, 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 a plus. All right. Y'all heard it, humans. All right. Tell, tell them how to get a hold of you on the interwebs. Um, so I have a website that I'm, you know, slowly trying to upgrade and get SEO'd correctly and all that good stuff is agentmbeats.com. Um, I got, you know, beats on there for people that want to purchase the beats, but you know, the best way is just to get in touch with me because the website may be <laughs> going through growing pains from time to time, um, on, uh, social media it's agent M beats at, uh, well, that's just agent M beats. Yeah. At um, agent M beats. Yeah. I was going to say in my emails, agent M beats at Gmail, agent M beats is, is kind of everywhere, you know, whether it be, but, uh, Instagram is, is a good place. That's where the, uh, link to the band camp is it's agent M beats at Bandcamp. Um, or dot band camp if you want to have that branded. project um but uh yeah and i think that's probably the best my website or or instagram for you know give me on the dm or whatever that'd yeah. be the best way and just like we were talking about on that branding episode like make sure you can get the that. exact yeah. same handle across everywhere and just be like oh, yeah. yep i'm here i'm Nailed here it. i'm here i'm here one thing you can find me whichever network you're on see you're killing it yeah, funny. you know i did we I, there's see where we can <laughs> level up but you got like the level hundred percent. There's an engineer that I worked with uh, that I hadn't sent stuff to in a while and I forgot. And, and his, his name is something, his email is something completely different. So I was like scouring my email, trying to, trying to figure out, and it's just, you know, some random phrase or something. I'm just like, man, come on, you got to get with it. Just cross the board, just have the same shit. Yeah. I so definitely pick that up early on. It was, it's a it's definitely a gem to. Yes, indeed. Follow. Well, y'all know how we sign this out. Peace humans. And peace among worlds. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, thanks for coming on, man. 
Yes, sir. H&M in the building. Woo! so much for being here with us and my dude agent m i love that guy so glad he could finally be on a podcast great to have him uh you know make sure to go follow him at agent m beats follow us at human music pod on twitter and at the human music podcast on instagram etc uh and uh find us at thehumanmusicpodcast.com uh, support our sponsors, Dojo TV, free producer live stream classes from the Dojo Senseis, Yummy Strum, so you can get guitar samples, loops, one shots, and more from Tesco and company. The weekly download where you can learn from Ill Gates and his private weekly group lessons and get access to over 250 more episodes for just 20 bucks a month. And guest practices where you can learn from Seth Drake, the approaching suit. He's the best engineer we know, and your first class is free. Make sure to go and buy that agent black classified links down below and uh hit up agent m's new track marinating on spotify and all streaming services yeah next week we got another good homie of mine hayden thc and you will not want to miss that episode it's amazing all right y'all till then peace peace among worlds i like it